Welcome, I'm Nestor Flores, the pastor of Dayspring Church in Mission Hills, California. Thank you for tuning in to our podcast. I want to invite you to learn more about Dayspring Church by visiting our website, dayspringmh.org. We trust that if you open your heart, God will speak to you and you'll know how to live a life with God at the center that will result in a blessed life. This message will inspire, build your faith, and help you to know God better. Enjoy the message. Have you ever wondered what the deal with Christmas is? What is Christmas about anyways? Is Christmas about food? Is Christmas about tamales? Anybody ready for tamales? Right? Is Christmas about family? Is Christmas about the lights? Is Christmas about shopping? Is Christmas about a good time? Is Christmas about time off? What is Christmas about? Well, I want you to know that even if you don't have those things I just mentioned, that you can have Christmas. Do you ever wonder what the word Christmas means? The word Christmas is composed of two words. The first one is Christ, and the second is Mass. And Christ is Hebrew for the anointed one, for the chosen one. That's what Christ means. Christ is not a name. It's a title. And, and Christ is, is the, he, in Hebrew, it means the chosen, the anointed one. The second word mass actually comes from the Latin, which means the celebration of communion. If you know what communion is, is when we participate of the bread and the cup and we remember the sacrifice of Jesus. So in short, Christmas is the celebration of the anointed, the chosen one. Christmas is about Christ. What I want to talk to you about this morning, Luke, who was a doctor by profession, but also a follower of Jesus, wrote one of the four biographies that we have in the Bible that tell us about the life of Jesus. And Luke is actually one, or the, the one writer that writes the most about the birth and the surrounding events on the birth of Jesus. And I want us to read a small portion. Can we do that? Right there in your bulletins, there's an outline. You can pull that out and you can follow along with me. Look at what Luke 2.8 says. That night, there were some shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flock of sheep. Let me make a small pause right there. It is believed that Jesus was not born in the winter, but in the summer. And one of the reasons that it is believed that Jesus was born in the summer, not the winter, is for this one reason. That the shepherds were out in the field. The shepherds would not be out in the field during the winter. They, they were mainly out in the field during the summer. I just thought you would want to know that, okay? Let's keep reading. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory, what happened? Surrounded them. How did they respond? Look at the way they respond. They were what? Terrified. But the angel reassured them. This is so awesome. Don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. In the angel's announcement, I see what Christmas is all about. 
And I think this short announcement of the angel tells us what Christmas is all about. And I would love for you to really understand. Because we say, oh, Jesus is the season, is the reason for the season. But do we really understand why? And what I want to do today is I want to tell you what Christmas is all about. Can we do that? Number one, and you can fill this out in your outline. The first thing you need to know about Christmas is that Christmas is all is about all people. Christmas is about all people. The angel said, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. Question for you. What does all mean? All. All means everybody. So you know what that means? It means that it doesn't matter who you are, that it doesn't matter what you're going through or have gone through. It doesn't matter what you believe or don't celebrate or what your religion is. Christmas is for all. You know, God doesn't exclude anybody. This Christmas, plenty of people will make Christmas about many things except Jesus. And they'll actually forget about the reason for the season. But I want you to know that God never forgets about you. And on that first Christmas, he's thinking about you. And during this Christmas season, he is still thinking about you because Christmas is about all people. You know, you, can I give you some that Christmas is about all people? The fact that the angel would come and announce, and announce this great news to shepherds is proof that Christmas is for all people. The shepherds were not the most religious people. They weren't able to make it to church and they weren't even able to follow the, the cleansing rituals. They were not the most popular people. They were not the most rich people. But yet it is to these people that the angel appears and he gives them the wonderful news. You know why Christmas is about all people? Here's why. You don't miss this. Because God loves all people. God has never made anyone he doesn't love. And he loves you. And that's why it's about all people. And, and Christmas is about love. And maybe you're saying, well, you know, there isn't much... Um, love in my life, I want you to know that whatever good there's in your life, it is because God loves you. Yes, there's plenty of bad, there's plenty of things that are not working out, but whatever good is in our because of God's love for us. Look at what Psalms 42.8 says right there in your outlines. Look at what it says. How often, what does the first phrase say? How often? Each day. The Lord pours his unfailing love upon who? Upon me. You know, I don't know if you knew this or not, but I'm Mexican. I was actually born in Mexico. And one of the things that Mexicans are known about is that we eat a lot of chile, right? We eat a lot of chile. And I love chile. In fact, somebody has told me that I don't eat food with chile, that I actually eat chile with food. Because when I eat food, I like to pour chile on it. I pour it on. Like, for example, tamal season's coming up, right? Oh, I'm so ready for tamales. Tomorrow is the day. But when I eat those tamales, I like to grab the tapatio and just pour it on. Just soak it till my lips get red and I can't taste the coffee that I'm drinking. 
you know. My wife, she goes about it all cute. She sprinkles it and decorates it. I don't. I, I pour it on because I like it. Well, God doesn't sprinkle his, his love on you. He pours his love on you. Because God loves us, every single one of us, unconditionally. Now, some people think that God is only good to people that are good. And, and, and what ends up happening is that they are confusing God with Santa Claus. Santa Claus relates to you based on your performance. Some of you, you're not getting any Christmas gifts because you weren't good. But God doesn't relate to you based on your performance. God loves you not because of what you do, listen to this, but because of who he is. Now, you can't make this mistake. You can't make the mistake of thinking that God's unconditional love means that you can do whatever you want. Unconditional love from God doesn't mean unconditional approval. God doesn't approve of everything that you do, but just because he doesn't approve doesn't mean he doesn't love you. You know, those of us that are parents, we love our kids, right? I got two beautiful daughters and a beautiful boy, and, and I love them. I love them with all my heart. They're my, they're my joy. They, I look forward to them. But there's many things that they do that I don't approve of. I don't approve of Kaylee beating up easily. I don't approve of Maisley sneaking chocolates into her bed and eating them while we're asleep. I don't approve of NJ not letting us sleep at night. But just because I don't approve of those things doesn't mean I don't love them. And see, you need to understand that Christmas, that Christmas is about all people because God loves all people. And God's unconditional love God's unconditional love doesn't mean that you can do whatever you want. It simply means that no matter what you do, God will never stop loving you. And God's unconditional love is not a reason to do whatever we want. It should be a motivation to live the way he wants. And that's the first thing that Christmas is about. Christmas is about all people because God loves, loves all people. And I want you to know this morning that if you're here God loves you. And this Christmas, he made it about you because he loves you and he loves you unconditionally. But the second thing that Christmas is about, and you can fill this out in your outlines, is that because God loves all people, Christmas is about great joy. Would you fill that out in your outlines? Christmas is about great joy. The angel said, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. And it is during the Christmas season that we hear the word joy the most. We sing it, we see it, we write it down. Do you know why? Why is it? Because Christmas is about joy. Christmas is about great joy. And God, listen, isn't it true that we could use more joy in our life? And even if you're like, no, I'm actually doing pretty good. Here's what I know. There's people in your life that could use more joy in their life, right? And here's the great news about Christmas. God wants you to have joy. Christmas is about joy. Now, now, now. Don't confuse joy with upbeat feelings. Don't confuse joy with being optimistic. Don't confuse joy of being content that things are working well. 
Do not confuse joy with a naive attitude. No, no, no. Joy is not the same as happiness, and joy is not the same as being optimistic. Joy cannot be produced by us. Joy is something that God gives, and God wants have joy this Christmas. And joy, listen to this, joy is the byproduct. It is the, the result of having God's presence in our life. And God wants you to have joy this Christmas. And not just someday when things not just when, when things are working well. No, no, no. no. The, the, the good news about Christmas, the point of Christmas is that God loves all people. And because he loves all people, he wants us to have joy. Now, some of you are thinking, well, you know, maybe, maybe I can have joy one day when my marriage gets better. Maybe I can have joy one day when I'm not sick anymore. Maybe I can have joy one day when I'm married and I got my boo and I got my kids, but right now I'm single and I don't have joy. Well, you're wrong. If, 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 if your answer would be any of those things, you can't be happy, but you can have joy. Because joy comes from God. Can I tell you what joy is? Joy is the presence of God in your life, lifting you above your circumstances, giving you eyes to see your life, yourself, your circumstances, the way God sees them. And when you do that, you can have joy. You can be happy. You can be, you can be uh, rejoiceful because God lifts you above your circumstances and he lets you see circumstances. He lets you see yourself the way he sees you. And listen, when you do that, joy is possible regardless of what you're going through. Look at what the following verse says right there in your outline. Look at what John 15, 11 says. I have told you this so that what? By the way, who's speaking here? Jesus. This is Jesus speaking and he says, I have told you this so that my joy may be what? In you, and that your joy may what? May be complete. Question Why does God offer us Christmas? Why did God make Christmas about joy? Many reasons, but I want to give you two big ones. Because when you have joy, life is lived differently. When you have joy in your life, you will live and you will go through life differently. But second, when you have joy, you're a better person. You're a different person. Nobody likes a grouchy person, right? Nobody likes a bitter person. And when you have joy, you go about yourself differently. And listen, there's plenty of things in life that rob our joy. There's plenty of things. Rant. Work, in-laws, right? There's plenty of things that rob our joy. But listen, there's only one, there's only one who can offer you joy. And that is Jesus. If your joy is the joy from Macy's, it's not going to last. Because if you went to Macy's and you are happy because you got a deal and you saved a bunch of money, you're joyful right now. But in a couple of weeks, you're going to get a bill and Macy's going to take your joy back. There's so much that steals 
our joy that steals the fun of life. But there's only one who offers us joy, and that is Jesus. Do you want to live your life differently? Do you want life to take on a different approach? Do you want to be a better person? Receive the joy that God offers you this Christmas. And that joy comes from his presence. Here's the third thing and the most important thing Christmas is about. Would you fill this out in your outlines? Christmas is about good news. Christmas is about good news. The angel said, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. Anybody like good news? Anybody get good news this year? I got a lot of good news this year. This year was a really, really good year for me. And, and I, I, I give God all the credit. But the best news I got this year was that we were going to have a boy, right? Because we, we already had two girls, and we were going to go for a third one, and it was going to be the final one, right? And just for the record, I was going to be okay if it was a girl. I really was. I wasn't going to be disappointed. I wasn't going to be sad. I wasn't going to be bitter. I was going to be joyful. Now, it was going to be greater joy if it was a boy, right? And, and here's, here, here's the really um, excruciating part that when, when Lorraine found out that she was pregnant, we, we were medical insurance issues. So it took about almost six months, five months and a half to six months out that we were actually going to have a boy. Throughout all that time, you guys were asking us, do you know what you're having? Do you know what you're having? And some people even told me, Pastor, you're going to have a boy. It's a boy. And I'm like, I'm with you. I'm, I receive that word, you know. But it was finally, almost after five months and a half, when they showed us a picture. And in the picture, they said, look at that little thing right there. That's a boy. I jumped of joy. I was, I love good news. Now, Christmas is about good news. What good news? What are those good news in Christmas? Well, it's found in the following verse. Look at what it says in Luke 2.11. And these are the next words that the angel said after he said, I bring you good news that bring great joy to all people. And look at what he says. Today in the town of David, a savior has been what? Now, those are great news. And I'm going to tell you why in just a minute. But the next is the phrase that I really think personalizes it. It's the reason why you can be happy today. Because look at what it says. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to who? You. To you. To me. He is who? The Messiah. The Chosen One. The Anointed One. He is the Lord. Listen to me. Your biggest need this Christmas is not financial. Your biggest need this Christmas is not relational. Your biggest need this Christmas is not in your health. Your biggest need this Christmas is not in your family. Your biggest need this Christmas is not in your marriage, is not in your business, is not in your career, is not in any of those things. Your biggest need this Christmas is you have a need for a savior. You need a personal savior. And I know you're asking, well, why do I need a savior? What do I need a savior from? Well, look at what the following scripture says. Look at what Paul says in Romans 6.23. Um, Romans 3.23, I'm sorry. Look at this. For who? For everyone. All of us. That's all of us here. 
That's everybody outside. He says, for everyone has what? Sin. We all, in case anybody feels silly, in case anybody feels like, no, that's not me. Paul says, we've all sinned. Everybody has. It says, for all fall short of glorious standards. Listen, this includes me, but this also includes you. We've all sinned. We've all done what doesn't please God. We've all done what is contrary to what God wants for us. And you may be saying, well, who cares, Nestor? I I don't care. I don't care about your God. I don't have the same beliefs you have. Well, you should care. Because whether you believe in God or not, look at what Paul tells us in Romans 6.23 about sin. He says, for the wages... For the payoff, for the outcome of sin is what? Death. See, you may not believe in God, but that doesn't mean sin won't have its effect on you. And the outcome of sin is death. And sin, listen to this, kills everything it touches. Sin will kill your marriage. Sin will kill your family. Sin will kill your dreams. Sin will kill your business. Sin will kill your health. Sin will kill your relationships. Sin will kill everything. Everything. Come on. If we're honest, if, if you do a little searching inside of you, I, I can almost guarantee you that if you're not having joy this Christmas, it could be traced down to sin. If you're saying, well, you know, there's, there's no joy in my marriage. I bet you the, that, that, that sin is to blame. If you're saying there's no joy in me because because of my relationships, I guarantee you that sin is what's destroying your relationships. We should care that we've all sinned because sin kills everything it touches. But the biggest and most dangerous thing about sin is not only what it does to us here while we're... But the biggest danger of sin is that sin kills... Sin you in your eternity. Sin leads to eternal death. What is eternal death? Eternal death is spending eternity far from God. I want you to know that God created you to live more than 70 or 80 years. There's more to life. There's an afterlife. And when you allow sin to reign in you, when you don't do anything about sin, the time will come when you will take your breath, and if you are found in sin, you will spend eternity away from God. But here's the good news. The good news is that God loves you, and God loves me enough to do something. And the good news of Christmas, and the point of Christmas, is God sent a Savior so that we wouldn't have to experience eternal death and so that we could have victory over sin. In fact, one of the angels that appeared to Mary told her the following. Look at what it says right there in your outlines in Matthew 1.21. He says, you are to name him what? Jesus. Why Jesus? For he will save his people from their sins. In the Bible, when you read the Bible, joy is the outcome of of, of an act of God. Especially, specifically, when God delivers his people. 
And see, Christmas is about joy because it was during Christmas that God sent a Savior to deliver us from sin, to deliver us from eternal death, to deliver us from a relationship far away from God. And listen, the good news is that Christmas is about a Savior. And we all need a Savior. It doesn't matter who you are. You need a Savior. If you're rich, you still need a Savior because money can't do anything about sin. If you're good looking, you still need a Savior. Your good looks can't save you. I'm good looking and I still needed Jesus, okay? If you are educated, you still need a Savior because your education cannot do anything about sin. If you're poor, you still need a Savior because poverty cannot keep you away from sin. We all need a Savior. And Christmas is about the good news that God sent His only Son to die for us so that we could be forgiven and find eternal life. That's what Christmas is about. You know how I know we need a Savior? There's many reasons, but I'm going to give you one very convincing one. God would have never gone through all the trouble he went through to send us his son to save us of our sins. If, you ever, if you've ever paid attention to the Christmas story, there was a lot of challenges, there was a lot of difficulty, there was a lot of things that, that, that there was a lot of opposition. And God went through all that trouble because you and I, we needed a Savior. And he sent him, and he named him Jesus because Jesus made him. And look at what First uh, Timothy one twenty six tells us. Speaking about Jesus, he says, He gave his life for all men so that they could go free and not be held by the power of sin. Listen to me. This picture started with the manger. But Joey is ending with the cross. Because without the death, the innocent death of Jesus, there's no life for you and for me. Christmas is the beginning. But the cross and the resurrection are the sealing point of God's love of God's joy, and of God's forgiveness to us. Good people don't go to heaven. If you've been saying, when I die, I'm going to go to heaven because I'm good. With all due respect, I want to tell you that you're wrong. Okay, for starters, you are good in comparison to who? You know, when we say that, people that say that usually compare themselves to like really, really bad people, right? Like, I've never killed anybody. I've never raped anybody. I've never robbed anybody, right? But would you say you're good in comparison to Mother Teresa? Are you still good? See, good people don't go to heaven. So who, who goes to heaven, Pastor? Forgiven people. People that have put their trust and have received the good news that a Savior was born of a virgin birth lived a sinless life, and died an innocent death so that you and I could be forgiven and restored to God. And that's the good news of Christmas. And listen, I want to tell you something really personal. I have joy in my life, not because everything is going well. We actually got really, really horrible bad news this week. But I have joy in my life, not because I have everything I want. There's a lot of things that I wish I had that I don't have. But I have joy in my life.
for two big reasons. One, my sins have been forgiven. And two, God is with me. And see, when you understand that, when you understand that, you can have joy. Because you know that this life is not all there is. And in fact, we're not even supposed to have everything in this life. Because if we had everything in this life, then what's the point of heaven? Our destination is heaven. Look at what the Bible says. Let's read at that verse, Romans 6.23. We read the first part, but look at the second part. I have, for the wages of sin is death, right? We already saw that. But listen to this. The free gift of God is what? Eternal life through Christ Jesus, our Lord. The first and most important gift in Christmas is Jesus. So I've asked you a couple of questions tonight. But the biggest question that you'll have to answer this morning is what will you do with God's gift of his son to you? Christmas is about good news that God sent his son to die and bring you back into a relationship with him. So what, how are you going to respond to that? You know, my sister said something kind of mean in the video, so forgive her. But she said <laughs> that, I, um, the hard, that I'm the hardest person to give gifts to because you can see it in my face right away. And it's not true. It's not true. God is still working in her life. So just understand her, okay? He's still working in her life. He's still shaping her, you know? She doesn't have the joy to see things God... No, I'm joking. I'm joking. It's my sister. But, but listen, the greatest gift is not the gift anyone can give you. The greatest gift offers you this morning. The greatest gift is not any condition is not any material thing. It is a person, and that is Jesus. And I want you to know that if you have Jesus, you have everything you need. And I want to invite you this morning. If you're here this morning, we're not going to embarrass you. But if you're here this morning and you've never opened your heart, if you've never invited, if you've never officially received the gift that Jesus is, I want to invite you to respond this morning. How do we respond to God's greatest gift? Well, you respond by believing and believing it. In fact, look at what Paul says right there in your outlines in uh, John 1, uh, 12. I'm sorry, it's not Paul, it's John. He says, to all who believe in him and accept him, he gave them the right to become what? Jesus is the bridge from going to being God's creation to being God's children. And he says, to all who believe and receive them, God gives them the privilege of becoming what? Children of God. And then Acts 2.21 says, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be what? Saved. We hope you enjoyed this message. But before you go, we want to extend an invitation to start a personal relationship with Jesus and declare him your God. No one loves you like Jesus, and no one will impact your life for good like Jesus will. Would you make the following prayer your prayer? Heavenly Father, I repent of my wrongdoing. I open my heart, and I want to have a personal relationship with you. 
I trust that Jesus died so I could be forgiven, but he didn't stay dead. He rose back to life so I could have eternal life. From today on, I will follow you. Transform my life through your truth and love. In Jesus' name, amen. Congratulations. If you made that prayer, God lives in you and now you have a new life in him. Connect to a church so your faith and love for God can continue to grow. We believe that you can find a loving and encouraging community in Day Spring Church. Come visit us. You belong here. We would love to meet you.